let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you, Father, for this day. Lord, as we jump into this today, uh, Father, continue to teach us, discipline us, direct us. Um, Lord, may our core subjective be you. Father, that's our destination. That's what we're after this morning. Lord, we pray over this country. We know it's dry, and we just pray that your rain would come. We smell it this morning. Father, uh, I just think of Elijah's servant as he went out, and he was looking, and, and he saw the small cloud. And, uh, Lord, they started rejoicing. May we rejoice and just know that your rain comes. And so, Father, uh, I just pray that you would send your rain in inches, Lord, in inches. Uh, Father, uh, fill us up in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I've been taking you guys through the balanced life, and, and uh, we're going to jump right in this morning. I've got quite a few notes, but hopefully it's not a two-coffee-cup morning. All right? If it is, then um, just... Just get up and get another drink of coffee, all right? Uh, you may need that. But this morning, it's going to be pretty easy to stay with me. I'll just tell you, uh, a little bit offensive this morning. I'm not meaning to be offensive, but just, just looking at Scripture and unpacking some of this stuff, it, it kind of started speaking to me about uh, some things because um, we're going to be talking about some extra this morning. I know all of you feel like you got some extra bling, some extra money. Uh, it's just lying around everywhere. You know, my kids... Uh, my littlest one, we were talking about going on vacation this summer. I said, baby, where do you want to go? She said, well, I want to go to the ocean again, Daddy. And I said, well, we don't have money, babe, to go to the ocean. That's a once in a childhood time. You know, we drove to Florida last year and went to the ocean. And I said, I said but we'll go, we'll, we'll go to Colorado. She said, no, Daddy, you got all kinds of money. I said, I do. And she said, yeah, it's in your closet. It's in that great big jar thing. So all my spare change, I throw in that big, anyway, to her, that's, that's our extra, right? And it's going to pay for the Florida trip, uh, but anyway. Most of us don't feel like we have much extra, and we're going to jump right in here, and we're going to talk about extra, but our first week I talked about, hey, learn to spy on your finances, where your finances going, what does it look like? Um, the, you got to have basically the laws of balance in there, you got to have a reference point, you've got to have constant correction, you've got to have a clear objective. And that clear objective should be for each one of us as men of God is to honor God. And so week two, we talked a little more about the clear objective. Um, our financial objective is to honor God with his stuff, that we're basically just stewards here of what he's given us. Week three, we talked about it's hard to be balanced. And really, you can't be balanced if you're enslaved financially. It's awful hard to honor God with any type of what we're going to talk about today, and that is extra extra read all about it right and so let's jump in so as we talk about correction one that impacts your extra money your spare money and you'll you may be sitting there saying well I don't know that I have any spare money seems like uh, all the money that I might have that, that, that spare is owed to someone else well that's why we're having this right we'll see in a minute that Jesus said the way you manage your extra money is a reflection of you how you manage that actually reflects us so extra money. Actually, most of us do have it. Once you've figured out how to eat and live indoors and get back and forth to work, the rest that you have is extra. The problem is our extra money gets consumed now or saved so it can be consumed later. And I realize you probably don't have as much extra as you want because that's me, right? Uh, our desire for extra is like the rest of our appetites. It can never be fully, finally satisfied. So um, chances are you have more money than your parents did. Here's the tension part of it than your parents had at your age. 
Don't know that for sure with all of you, but I know for my parents, probably true, right? Um, money rarely lies around or lays around. We find stuff to do with it. Remember, whenever you have more of something than you need, the tendency is to become undisciplined with it. And that just happens with anything. So I can give you a great example. Allison, uh, since, since uh, really since about Halloween, she started keeping jars around the house uh, full of jelly beans. Now, it used to be that we would just take a couple of jelly beans because we're not used to having candy laying around. Now, when me or the kids go through, we get a handful of jelly beans because some way that jelly bean thing never goes empty. Some way, Allison always finds more jelly beans to put, put more in the, in the jelly bean jar. And that's what happens. See, when we have a lot of stuff, when we have a lot of the same stuff, we tend to become, the tendency is to become undisciplined. It's like uh, if you have a little extra here in the United States, this is what we do with it. We like to eat out. We like to go to the movies, uh, cell phones. You know, I'm on Facebook. It amazes to me. It amazes me how many uh, of these young kids, when they get a new cell phone, I mean, they're talking about their cell phone on Facebook. Now, I don't know about on Twitter and all that other stuff. I don't have that stuff. But they're proud of their iPhone 10s, you know. So they got a new iPhone 10 or whatever because they had some extra. But think about our cars for just a moment. You got one car. You got two cars. Um, we got a home, we got a house, we got a uh, uh, two-car garage. We, you know, we've got a garage for our cars. Um, but where I see things where extra is really going today, I'm just going to be, be downright honest. Where I, see, uh, where I see extra going today is for coffee. I've never seen so many coffee shops coming up. And I'll tell you another one that I've seen here recently um, are these beer uh, places i don't know what do you call them pubs it's like a pub but you there's one coming up on georgia right here i don't know if you guys have have seen it i i, I don't remember the name of it there's one now on the canyon square where uh, you go in there and they brew their own um beer and you can get all different kinds as a matter of fact the malt liquor is excellent but uh i'm just kidding come on men i'm the pastor wake up this morning uh my my wife every morning uh this is what she does she goes to um, Texas tea and while she's at Texas tea she doesn't get tea she gets water and she gets a water for her and a water for a fellow teacher that teaches with her and so uh, I, you know I'm always going over the bank statement it's got this Texas tea Texas tea Texas $2.75 every morning right that's that's just extra um, we we these tea places have come up everywhere we have seasonal wardrobes as a matter of fact i cleaned my closet out a couple of weeks ago started taking out all of these pullovers and started going back to my summer clothes and putting them in my closet and realizing that uh i might need to lose some weight or else that wardrobe's going to have to change as well if you have pajamas you got extra now some of you sleep in your underwear and i don't want to know that but I sleep in my pajamas because I have daughters, and it's the appropriate thing to do. If you have work clothes and you have clothes that you relax in, you have golf clothes, um, you, you have uh, different clothes for different days, that's extra. Have you ever traded anything that works for another one that's just a little bit better? A great example for me is I had a high-pressure washer, 
and uh, but you plugged it into an electrical outlet and then I came across one that had like a 16 horsepower Kohler motor and I was like that's what I want I want something that'll peel some paint off you know when you crank it up that thing's like spitting fire and so uh, extra right what's a garage sale a garage sale simply says this come and buy my what extras we are so accustomed to extra that we feel financial pain when we have less extra than we used to have. Now, this is a situation that I'm in. Um, it seems like as my kids get older, I'm like, where'd the extra go? Jeez, it just disappears. Um, things are no longer $100, $200. Things now are $500. I mean, to go, to do, to be, to become. Uh, in junior high and high school, things change. That's, that's the way it is. And, and eventually, as that extra starts getting pulled out, you start going, holy cow, we don't have extra anymore. If you're going to be balanced, you have to figure out what you're going to do with your extra. And the younger you are and you figure out what to do with this, then the better off you're going to be by the time you're my age for sure. See, we're rarely aware that we have extra. We typically, typically only realize it when we are confronted with people who have less than they need, like mission trips. You go on a mission trip and they're trading chickens. And you're like, whoa, really? I, I can't see any different in that chicken, to that chicken. You ever see anybody do that? And they inspect the chickens and they go all through. Anyway, you're probably not interested in the chickens. But that's their extra. I, 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 remember, uh, uh, I remember when a chicken was killed for me because I was overseas. And uh, they killed they, they, their chickens. They only had like 12 or 15 for the whole year. But they killed one because we were visitors and we came to their country. And it was a special time. So they went out and, as a matter of fact, wanted us to go out and choose the best chicken. It was, bless you. It was better than Kentucky Fried. But we start realizing when we go on mission trips and other things just how blessed and fortunate that we are. Culture keeps us laser focused on what we don't have. Focusing on what we don't have, it makes our hearts vulnerable to greed. And this is why. Because as long as I'm on a quest for more, I will assume that when more comes along, it is for me. That just tends to be how we live our lives. Now, there's a warning about this. Jesus gives a great warning. Jesus defines greed, defines this type of thought and mentality as greed. The assumption that life's extras are for our own consumption. I told you this is kind of a confrontive, confrontive uh, message this morning, and this is where it gets a little sticky. See, Jesus defines greed as the assumption that life's extras are for our own consumption. And that kind of attitude leaves us with little margin for generosity. Jesus is looking for generous people. Generous with our hearts, generous with the things that we have, good stewards with what he's given us. See, the question we are quick to ask God is simply this, why don't I have more? Have you ever wondered what would I do if I did have more? How much is enough? So, Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Now, let me tell you kind of what's going on here. We're going to start here in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. So, a man was accusing his brother of being greedy because he wouldn't give him his fare of the inheritance. And so, Jesus warns him, the one not getting his fair share of being greedy, 
he makes a statement to him. So, so here's a man who, who basically his older brother, it had to be the older brother because he was the one that would be given the inheritance to disperse it in that day and time. And this brother didn't feel like he got what he deserved. And so Jesus is going to speak to this. This is what he says. He, he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Now this is interesting because Jesus, uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't really come to the aid of this man. He's not saying, hey, uh, I feel your pain. He's saying, hey, you know what? You might ought to protect yourself against all kinds of greed. In other words, why would you want your inheritance? What good would your inheritance do for others? And I said this before, but John Wesley uh, said that he would rather live on 10% of what he made and give 90% of what he made away to protect his own heart from becoming greedy. See, our life doesn't consist of the abundance of possessions. It's got to be so much more than that. Jesus continues on in Luke 12, 16, and he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Now, I know all the farmers in here have those years. Just kidding. But if you did, if a big rainstorm came in and and, and all of a sudden your crop produced 30, 60, 100 fold. This is what he's saying. This guy, his, 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 his ground produced a good crop. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and all my goods. Now, this isn't a bad idea, all right, if this is all that life has to offer. If this life is the end of everything, then build your big barn, store it up, right? Sounds like a good plan. He was planning ahead, just not far enough ahead. Verse 19, and I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, be merry. Man, I'm waiting on that day. You ever just thought, boy, if I could just eat, drink, and be merry. We really eat and drink and we're merry, uh, but we have to work. Right, I mean, we, we, we eat really good here in the United States, obviously, and, and, and some other things, whether you're poor or rich. I mean, most of us uh, get three squares a day. I, I got my kids some gut busters the other day at Awesome's. Fed all of them for eight bucks, right? That's still eating good. But we all look for this day where we can eat, drink, and be merry. Good plan if you have many years, but here's the problem. He didn't have control over that either. If the story had ended there, he would have been a role model. He assumed his extra was for his own consumption. Verse 20 says, but God said to him, you fool. Now, when God calls someone, you fool, that's a, that's a problem. Because even Jesus said, you don't call your brother a fool. Or else you yourself will be condemned. You know, you don't say raka. Uh, you, you remember that. And so, so when God says, you fool, you need to pay attention. He's not a fool for being rich, but for being confused by the extra. He didn't know why he had it. And then it goes on, you know, this very night your life will be demanded from you. He ran out of time before he ran out of money. Now, I hope I run out of time before we run out of money. I mean, we, we, it's not necessarily that's bad. It's just bad in this context and, and what happened. Then who will get you what you have prepared for yourself? See, somebody else, not because 
or he, who will get what you have prepared for yourself, it'll be someone else, not because he was generous, but because he was dead. And it just goes someplace else. So the moral of the story, verse 21, this is how it will be. Total loss is what I put in parentheses here. Uh, this is scripture, verse 21. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. So what is the Lord asking us to do? To be rich towards him. And you may say, well, what does that mean to be rich towards God? Am I supposed to bring uh, my, my extra into the storehouse of God? What, what, what is he? He's, he wants us to have a heart and to see humanity the way he sees humanity. Whether there's deprivation, uh, whether there's abundance, he wants us to see it where we are and participate in changing it. Jesus is not te teaching against planning for the future, men. That's not what this is about. He's saying this to anyone who thinks that everything that comes their way is for their own consumption, either now or later, and forgets to be rich towards God. I mean, let's just be honest. How many wealthy people do we know that, that have no faith in God? They have faith in their own. They have faith in their own bank accounts. They have faith that, hey, I've got enough to last me uh, a, a lifetime. I heard one time, um, not George Strait, but uh, the other one. What's his name? Garth. Thank you. Garth Brooks. I, I, I heard an interview with him, and he said, I've made enough money that my great-grandkids won't be able to spend it. You see, we can be rich, and when we're rich, what happens oftentimes is we no longer have a need for the Lord. And we're not rich towards Him, and we don't see life, we don't see others, we don't see missions, we don't see how people put themselves out in order to bring others into the kingdom. And when we don't see that, we have no heart for God. So, verse 33, Jesus makes it a little more. Now, there's, I know I skipped from 21 to 33, but just stay, stay with me because we have to move on. Jesus tells a rich young man, rich young ruler, go sell your possessions and give to the poor. Now, what does that mean? Do we need to go sell everything that we have? No. But you might sell some extra. Our youth here in the church, if you didn't know this, are sponsoring a couple of kids from CRF. Uh, Christian Relief Fund and this is interesting you know how they're able to do that they sell their extra you know that so they have a little they have uh, a little snack bar and they go and buy it in bulk right and then sell it piece by piece make a little money make a little extra where does that extra go it goes to support these kids see provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out is where Jesus is going with this. A treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. Being rich towards God is being rich towards the people who are important to God. Uh, verse 34, and here's what sums it all up. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the guy in the parable had his heart tied to the possessions in his life. And when he breathed his last breath, it was a total loss. This is how people with extra keep their hearts in the right place. They're rich towards God. So if I'm going to take something out of this, this is what I'm going to say. If you assume the extra is all for you, you are out of balance and you need to make a correction, a course correction. If you have a savings plan and a spending plan but no giving plan, listen, you need to make a correction. 
When you think the extra is for you, you will save carefully, but give sparingly. And I've caught myself in, in that boat many times. If God has blessed you with more than you need, it is so that you can share your abundance with those in need. With those in need. And so uh, I, can, I can just give you an example. I've got an example in here uh, to share this story. Years ago, um, I uh, sold some land in, in outside of Happy. And uh, basically, when it went into contract, the land next to it also went into contract. And, and my realtor at that time, he called me and he said, Curtis, I made a mistake. I put the land next to yours in contract as well. And he said, I'm so sorry because I had first right of refusal on that property and he had forgotten and then he wound up and for a realtor that's a major no-no and so he said man I don't know what to do I, I I could go ahead and pull this and and he told me what they were given and I said hey I would give that for that for that land it was a half section and at that time it was like $375 an acre and I was like yeah I mean this stuff's just shooting through the roof and plus I had my land in contract I needed to roll it anyway and so he was uh he was kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. And eventually, uh, I told him he was a God-fearing man. And uh, we prayed over it. And I said, look, I'm not going to go after you on this. Just go ahead and let them have it. And he said, I'm going to find you something. And so he found us some land that was outside of Morton, Texas. Beautiful country. I'm just kidding. Okay. It's desert. It's got all kinds of cactus and everything else in it. Matter of fact. Uh, uh, it's got this. Any of y'all ever heard of uh, uh, God? What Shin Oak? All right. Well, it had Shin Oak on it. I didn't know about Shin Oak, uh, but I did learn real quick that you got to move your cattle off Shin Oak, Shin Oak, a certain part of the year, in, in about May through June, because as it as it's doing whatever it's doing, it has an acid in it that eats a hole in the stomach of cows. But cattle love to eat the acorns that fall off the oak. It also uh, was full of deer out there and. And it was 912 acres. And so, uh, and listen, this is going to sound crazy. We bought that. I had a partner with me. We bought that for $209 an acre. Now, that's a steal, if you didn't know. And so uh, we go in, we buy this, um, and this is, this is what we, we go out there and pray over it one day. Farmer meets us out there and all this, and my partner says, Curtis, what are we going to call it? And I said, we're going to call it For Him Land and Cattle. 4-H, L, and C. And so it was for, for Jesus. I felt like he had opened up this door for us. I'm going to tell you, it was, the, it was nothing but sand. It blew. It drifted. I stuck the pickup out there. I don't know how many times in sand. Uh, if you didn't know, sand's really hard on cow's teeth. So you could have a cow out there three years old, and when they had mouthed it, it looked like it was 15 years old. Um, but here's the cool thing. We absolutely had two of the best calf crops we ever had uh, as we worked together. And we gave our first fruits along with additional. You know how excited I was. Um, as the pastor in that church, at that time I made $36,000 a year, and I was the third top giver for two years in that church. Man, I just swelled up. Nobody else knew it. I'm the only one that knew, but I still felt good about it. Because right, I felt like, man, the Lord's really doing something. He's blessing this. And then about the third year, I decided 60 cows aren't enough. We need to bump this number up. It's just too easy. Anyway, uh, I never had extra after that. 
because it was no longer for him landing cattle it became for me landing cattle and when that happened um, it was almost like it it just disappeared there was no extra we were able to support a couple of mission trips we had to raise uh, 30 something thousand dollars in order to uh, put a team together because the church didn't approve of us going into such risky areas the first year and uh, that land and cattle deal just kicked into that deal it was incredible it was so much fun um, but we were seeing things through the lens of God and not the lens of man and eventually because there was extra uh, then we started saying you know what I could buy a new pickup and it'll make my pickup payment just put it on an annual you know da -da -da, the extra started going where right here and and uh, today I don't have cattle so you can take that I take that as as the Lord saying I'm gonna make a course correction in you and he has so when you think the extra is for you um, you'll save carefully as I said but you'll give sparingly if God has blessed you with more than you need it is so that you can share your abundance with those in need and so let's talk about applying this because when we talk about application trying to keep an eye on the time here when we talk about application this gets a little bit sticky I'm not trying to trying to raise the funds in the church all right uh, what we're trying to do here is just put on a new lens so that we see things through the eyes of God because we are merely stewards of this life not owners of it step one here's the challenge I'd encourage you to sit down this week add up the total amount of money you have given this year and then answer this question what percentage of my overall income have I given outside of what I'm going to consume for me now or later now, the reason I do this, and I'll just tell you, I got real serious about this this week. I'm not telling you all to do something I haven't practiced. This week, this is what I did. Uh, Allison was going to be gone. She was leading a retreat down at Cedar Canyon. And so uh, Friday, as soon as I got home, I went into every closet, pulled out every file. I went into our big file cabinet, pulled out every file. I went into the attic, pulled out every file. I went out into the barn, both barns pulled out every file I pulled out things from when I was in the army from that day forth and I laid them out and matter of fact when when Wade came in Friday night he was like oh, dad I mean the living room was covered blanketed there was no place to step in the living room in the kitchen the counter every if Allison would have come home I can't tell you man what if I'd have been here today I don't know but I pulled everything out and uh and I started, I, I put a shredder in there. I, I probably shredded, uh, I know that shredder holds about that much, and I probably shredded six or seven of those things. I, I filled four trash bags, just shredding and going through and cleaning up and looking at and where we've been and where we've come to and what life has looked like for us over the past 20 years. And then from that, got it all, believe it or not, in a file cabinet about that wide all the things that I need to keep and what I what I looked in that too is this very thing have we been giving and how much have we been giving over the years what does that look like in comparison to where we are today do I need to make a course correction it's very important if you don't know the percentage you'll deceive yourself into thinking you are generous generous based upon dollars but God looks at percentages. Now, listen to me, man. We tend to, you know, I can remember back in the day, my son's doing it right now, and he doesn't even know that I, I noticed this, but, you know, he's got a job working on the weekends, and, and I've noticed every Sunday he's, he's coming forward and he's putting something in the basket. I, I, he knows about the 10%. He knows that, but I've never said anything to him. I'm very proud of him right now 
for sneaking up here and doing that. Now, if you know Wade, if he knew I was talking about him right now, he might not ever put another deal, so don't say anything to him. He's a little bit shy in that way. But, but here's what I know, that, that God looks at percentages, not necessarily dollars. I used to throw 20 in the plate when it came by and think, whoo, man, I feel good. I mean, I'm still going to go eat out, but I feel good. But God tends to look, the average American, watch this, the average American gives less than 2% of their income a year. And that's to anything, not just the church. The average American gives less than 2% of their income somewhere per year. Here's the second thing I would say. Then pick a percentage of your income to give away. Percentage giving is the way to ensure that you don't consume all the extra. It's just a percentage giving. This forces you to rethink your lifestyle, your generosity, or your greed. Choosing a percentage to give takes that money out of your barn. This will force an adjustment in your savings and or your spending. And then that becomes balance. And I tell you, uh, you know, for me, this is a little difficult because I've got some kids going to be hitting college here pretty quick. So, you know, you, you, you start trying to think that and figure that. And um, from uh, service in the Army, I've got some, some uh, stuff for them. Uh, it was some of the interesting things that I found. This this will kind of, kind of, it surprised me. I was telling Lyle this yesterday that as I pulled everything out, I realized uh, back in, even when I was a young man, I bought some annuities. I bought some U.S. savings bonds, brought them in here and showed, showed uh, Lyle, and he looked them up to see what they were worth. Bought them when I was in the service because what did I have? I had extra. And when I was in the service, I sure wasn't giving nothing away. It was all for me, right? I was thinking about tomorrow, but tomorrow's here. And it gets harder and harder to give. But think or pick a percentage of your income to give away. And choosing a percentage to give takes that money, as I said, out of your barn. It, it helps produce balance in your life. It will force you to face this question. Am I living as what I have equals my life? What I have equals my life. What you do with your extra is an indication of whether or not you believe that your life consists in the abundance of your possessions. I think back, I had a boss years ago, and he had a, uh, an arcade room. And as you walked out of that arcade, up above the door, it says, He who dies with the most toys does what? Wins. You know, there's another one that says, He who dies with the most toys, what? Still dies. <laughs> and it's, 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 there's a couple of ways of looking at that, right? And, and, you know, we've got a couple of four-wheelers. We've got some extra out around our house and not looking to, to sell that or get rid of it. But if we needed to, I guess that's what we'd need to do. But this is, uh, is kind of things to look at. What do you do with your extra? If you have a hard time being generous, then you might think money is like oxygen or like water, like life. You just simply can't live without it. You'll find a way to consume it all just simply not balanced and may need to make a correction i know that in my own heart where god has called me is that i need to be rich towards him choose a percentage pre-decide to be rich towards him it's a course correction that most of us christians need to make uh, i've shared this statistic before but in 2000 in the year 2000 the church itself took in over 16 trillion dollars enough for at that time our national debt and enough to feed the world globally. But do we? <laughs> Hasn't happened yet, but we are the hope for the world. 
as we learn to force ourselves, look, to give, we won't be confused by the stuff of the world. And the stuff the world won't have us, we'll have it. And it's a great place to be, men. So today, I want to just encourage you to ask yourself a couple of questions. Are you rich towards God? And if not, why? Do you feel like you have an abundance of possessions? Or do you feel like your possessions possibly have you? What would it take for a course correction in your life today? Today. I won't be as hard on you next week, okay? Promise. But uh, next week I'll be finishing my part up. And then um, actually Brother Tom's going to give us the closing message in a couple of weeks uh, to this. All right, let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for uh, this your time. Father, I pray that, uh, Lord, I know that it's not bad to have extra. Uh, Father, um, um, Lord, you're not opposed to wealthy people. I know that. Uh, You just want our hearts to be in a place of seeing things the way you see them. Father, of making sure that the gospel goes forward. Lord, I pray that uh, we would look at ourselves financially and, Father, see if we have the heart that you desire for us to have to be givers and not only, not just takers. Father, to, uh, to grow up and, Father, to grow out. Expand your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.